Women Taking the Lead, Episode 219. I run this day. This day does not run me because otherwise chaos will ensue. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits. So let's get started. Hey, ladies, are you having a hard time finding the right gift this Father's Day? Well, I want to tell you about my newest sponsor, FanChest. FanChest is the answer for the sports-loving men in your life. These are sports gift boxes loaded with products from their favorite team and the perfect packaging delivered right to their door. The packages contain licensed apparel and fun surprises that any sports fan will love. There's free shipping and free returns. You cannot beat that offer. Let FanChest do the heavy lifting for you this Father's Day. Go to FanChest.com. That's F-A-N-C-H-E-S-T dot com. And my listeners get a special $10 off discount just by using the promo code Jody, J-O-D-I. So again, that's fanchess.com. And remember to use promo code Jody for your $10 off. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Maggie Patterson, who is a communication strategist and chief marketing officer at Scoop Industries. With 15 plus years experience, 11 of which as a self-employed consultant, Maggie has spent her entire career working in client-facing roles in marketing and as a copywriter. Today, she works with service-based business owners to help them implement smart strategies for business growth. She's the co-host of the Inside Scoop podcast, a master level content marketer as awarded by Copyblogger, and her work has been widely published by leading websites, including virgin.com, fastcompany.com, and more. Maggie, I'm excited to have you here. And as you and I both know, that's just the tip of the iceberg of who you are in the world. So if you could let everyone know a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. I'm super excited to be here, Jody. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited to share my story because um, that fancy bio story is only one part of the puzzle. <laughs> That's all the good unedited part. Yes. Right? The, the, edited part. <laughs> the front so, of the I stage. Mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my story, I was literally one of those kids growing up that like always wanted to start a business. I was always fascinated by money. I was very, very motivated to make money. And I just, and it's funny now as a mother, I see how I've passed that on to my son. Like he's, he's equally as interested. And, you know, I started businesses starting very, very young. Um, they were not thriving entrepreneurial successes, I must admit. But I always, always knew, you know, as I was in high school, exploring my career path, and then, you know, going and kind of following a very traditional path, going off to college, that I did want to be my own boss. So I was choosing things very, very carefully with that in mind. And I landed my, um, after school, I landed at working in a PR agency, which was perfect because I had the opportunity to not only learn how to work with clients, but how to actually run a business. And I climbed up the ladder very, very rapidly. And I loved, loved, loved what I did. But the year um, before I left my my position, I had a crazy year. I just... I was traveling all the time. My mother was sick and had breast cancer. My sister had a baby. And it was just like this turning point in my life where I was like, yeah, this is the universe telling you, Maggie, that this is the time. 
So when I went off to have my son, I decided basically not to come back. And it actually took like three or four conversations with my boss and mentor at the time to um, get out the door because she kept trying to like bribe me to stay basically. (laughs) And I was like, no. And it was so, so hard to say like to walk, but I did it. And here I am almost 13 years later. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yes, you and I chatted about that, how the universe sometimes like whatever lesson you need to learn or if there's a direction you need to go, the universe is subtle at first and then it starts getting louder and louder. Like this is the direction you need to go. And I can totally relate to having mentors just being like, please, we need you stay, you know, (laughs) which is gratifying on one hand, but makes it so difficult to make the move and, and cut the cord. But usually around that time too, I find the universe sends you another message that lets you know this has got to (laughs) happen. So true. Yeah, it is so true. And, you know, I think what was really kind of the thing that broke is, you know, so many times I know as women, we have to convince our husbands. My husband was like, he couldn't have been more on board. He's like, we got nothing to lose. So let's just try it. I have faith in you. Let's just do it. And I think that having that support, like at such a deep level, I was able to completely believe in myself and say, okay, you know what? We're going to do this. What's the worst that could happen? That is amazing. What a great partner, you know, and Sheryl Sandberg, awesome. oh, Sheryl Sandberg <laughs> talked about that in her book, Lean In, where she said mm-hmm. part of what it takes to be a successful woman is to have a very supportive partner. And, you know, and I've seen it time and time again for, for women, you know, for their own reasons, their husbands just don't see the vision of what they're doing. They can't completely get behind it. And it's not to say that these women don't then go on to be successful, but I can just see it takes more. You know, when when the person, you know, who is your partner in life completely supports you, it does give you that boost, that motivation to be able to just go out and take on the world. Totally. I chose well. Yes. But nice. I'm very, 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 very very happy I did. <laughs> nice job, Maggie. And Maggie, I can hear in your voice, like there's the confidence there, but you know, to some extent it's easy for us to feel confident after we've been through so much, right? Not to say that it w- it was easy to get to this point, but after, you know, having our baptisms by fire and surviving them and doing better and getting to new levels, we do gain a confidence in what we're bringing to the world. We get a better idea of our value, but long before reaching this place, You know, there were many times along the journey, I'm sure, where there were moments like, oh, you know, like, could I do this? Or maybe not. That's not for me. I'm not really sure. Those moments of self-doubt or what I call playing small moments. So, Maggie, if you could share with us a time in your life when you, you recognize now that you were playing small and then share with us the lessons you've learned from it. Oh my gosh, I could go on about 47 times. But one time really comes to mind was kind of early 2013. Um, I had at that point been freelancing for like eight or nine years, but I had really freelanced myself into a position where I essentially had a whole bunch of little baby bosses. And I loved the work I did. I really enjoyed my clients, but a couple of things had come into play. I was really bored with the work I was doing because I found it very easy. And I know that's 
you know, in many position, in many parts of your life, that's a very enviable position. But for me at that point, you know, my son was nine, you know, we we're going to a bit of a different life stage. I'm like, I need something to make me excited about work again. I'd also too, um, and I don't recommend this. I'd not raised my prices in over eight years. I was the epitome of playing small. I was coasting completely. And I started to just kind of dip my toe in to say like, Hey, what can I do? And I ended up going on a trip with my husband, kind of, you know, trip of the lifetime type thing. And I came back and I was like, all right, it's on. Goodbye, clients. And I made a plan with those clients to transition them out. And I really just started to change my business. So I went from working with, you know, medium sized tech companies to working with really, really small super small, micro, small, small businesses. And that transition took about six or seven months. But again, I was of the mindset that, okay, so if this doesn't go well, I can just go back to tech clients, but you're never going to know if you don't do this. And I'm so glad I did because that ultimately led me on the path to, you know, really changing my business, establishing my own personal brand, and then eventually um, co-founding Scoop Industries last year with my business partner and moving into just a different type of business and really the leadership role I wanted that I didn't even know I wanted at the time. I just knew there had to be something more than what I was doing. Oh, I really appreciate your story, Maggie, um, for a couple of different reasons. But one, you are like the upteenth person I've talked to in like the past like two to three weeks. You know, some on the podcast, mostly just out and about in my networking life and coffee date life, talking to people who talked about how they weren't 100% happy in their business. And it wasn't that they were in the wrong profession or doing the wrong kind of work, but they weren't working with their ideal client. And the interesting thing is some of them were working with small businesses and realized they needed to transition to working with more mid-sized company. Like that mm -hmm. was their zone of genius. And there were people who like, I can do mid-sized companies. I don't have a problem with that, but it's not fulfilling work for me. I want to work with the service providers, the micro business owners. That's where yep. my heart is. So sometimes that's the thing. It's not that you're doing the wrong kind of work, because if you're in your zone of genius and playing to your strengths and your interests, you're in the right kind of work. Are you serving the right client? That can make all the difference in the world. Absolutely. And I think just having, you know, that changes and evolves every single year in my business, we fine tune it. I look at it and go, yeah, I don't really love that kind of business. But what I'm really interested in is this kind of business. So I think just being aware of it and attuned to it and just open to the possibility of, you know, dipping your toe in and seeing what happens. And here was the other thing that I wanted to follow up on. You had this like epiphany on vacation, but I don't know what it was. Was it just that you got rest and could finally admit the truth? Like what happened on that vacation that had you be like, yes, this is what I need to do and we're doing it. So I totally, totally 100% disconnected from my real life. Like we were, we were in Fiji. So there was like, I went cold Turkey, 12 days, no internet. Um, didn't talk to my son, which was really weird. But anyways, it was not, I think it was good for us in that way. And I just came back and I was like, you know what? I don't know if I had the chill of the island on me or what, but I was like, yeah, life's too short to do work. This just kind of, eh. Mm -hmm. You know, after snorkeling and rafting and all these things, I was like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not feeling these corporate clients anymore. And I just, I kind of knew it was time for a change. Uh, uh, you know, and that's the advice I just don't give myself is you got to unplug, you know, yes. to oh, go for it. 
I am the poster child for the unplugging. Like I work really, 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 really hard, but I also am very good at being like, and that's it. No phone. Like I am, I will go away for a week. No phone, no nothing. I'm like, no Facebook. And you know what? You come back and you go, yeah, nothing useful or meaningful happened in this week. So hmm, maybe the, all this time I'm spending here is not that helpful. Yeah, that's some that's some good advice to those who are listening. If you find yourself spinning your wheels, having a hard time making decisions, probably what you need to do is completely unplug from everything so mm-hmm. that you can go in within and also get to that place of like life is too short for all this. I think the thing is like I've had vacations where I've completely unplugged and only in those times did I realize how stressed out I was on a day-to-day basis. Like when I was able to completely calm down and like took a look around and was like, oh, this is what's possible. I could be this calm. Maybe not this calm all the time, but like this is a far cry from how I'm living my day-to-day life. So that's another benefit of completely unplugging and getting away for a while. It's, I mean, it's harder said than done, but I think if you're, especially if you're a super type A person, like just to be able to have the discipline to do that, it's like, you just make it into a little game and do it and maybe just do it the first time for three days or five days, like start small and like, then work up to your, like, I'm going to Fiji for 12 days. Yeah. (laughs) Baby steps. (laughs) All right, Maggie, now share with us another time in your journey, this time when you've had a wake up call that led to your success. So there, it might've been like something hit you over the head or it might've been the universe sending you tons of messages, but lead us up to that moment. And then the steps you took that led to your success. Okay. So I think for me, the wake up call is such a, it's such a small level, but I think ultimately it had a macro level impact is because I had been working on my own for so long, I became really, really like possessive of everything I did and had this idea that I needed to be Like I had to do all the things. I had to be the person that I couldn't collaborate with people. And at a certain point I was working with a coach and she's like, hey, Maggie, you know what? You're making really good money. Like, why are you doing this all yourself? So I hired my first virtual assistant and oh my gosh, bless that woman. She must have had the patience of a saint because everything, I just had such a tight, like tight, tight, tight grip on it that I didn't know how to let it go. And I eventually just... I kept booking clients and I was like, all right, so you've got a choice here. And it was literally the wake up call. I'm like, I'd been sick like three times in like two months. I was like, you can keep doing this or you can start working yourself out of all these things that don't need you. Like you don't need to be the one that posts this on WordPress, like just stuff I had no business doing. And, you know, slowly but surely, I think being sick and not feeling well and stressed out, I just kind of worked myself out of it. And now, I mean, we have full-time employees and I I was just talking to one of them this morning. I was like, I need you to step up and do like be the project manager on all these accounts. I can't be in this. And that's, I mean, that took a long time to get to that point. But I think having that coach say to me like, hello, what are you doing? You're crazy. That really was a turning point and like a moment of like, hey, okay, it's time to, it's time to let go. 
Yes, <laughs> I think I think if you know one of the core things I I want the women who are listening to, and some of the men um, who are listening to this podcast to definitely get is that your next level of success will come after you can let go of some things, right? And it's hard yep. as much as it's hard to take time off and unplug for us. It's also it's all about control. Like we we love being in control. We hate losing it. But you have to give some of the control away. You can still monitor, right? You can still be the yep. resource, but you can't be the one doing everything because you have, in order to get to that next level of success, you have to free up some of your time, some of your energy to do more visionary activities, mm -hmm. more, more global activities in, in the business or whatever project you have working on. And the longer you stay, the person who's doing everything, the longer you're going to stay plateaued, which is also, I know for, you know, for a fact that is also a frustration for those of you who are listening, you hate being plateaued. Well, this is what we're telling you. This is what it's going to take. Maggie, thank yeah, you for fun, that answer. <laughs> yeah, funny thing, after I did that, I had my biggest year ever. And the next year after that, my revenue increased by 2.5 times. So, yeah. hmm, it must have been related. <laughs> yes, definitely. Like, I can draw a clear line from A to B. And it's what I work on a lot with, with my clients is, you know, how do we let go of that control? And there is a sideways way to do it. You know, it takes some time. It takes working on it. But it can happen. So, Awesome. And Maggie, this is a great segue because the next thing I want to ask you is about your leadership style, because we all lead a little bit differently. There's no one way to lead. So the more people I ask about their leadership style, the more different answers we get, the more this is going to hit home for everybody that you really just have to embrace your own strengths, your experience, your interests, and let that play out in your leadership. So Maggie, how would you describe your leadership style? I'm definitely a renegade leader. I don't do rules really well, mm -hmm. <laughs> which can be very challenging for things like outsourcing parts of my business. <laughs> but it really comes down to understanding that I can still have my kind of approach put on things. I can still bring my vision and my goals to the thing. But that ultimately, as a leader, part of my part of that role is to give my team the permission to improve upon my crazy ways <laughs> because I'm very much an ideas person. As much as I would like to think I am a fantastic details person, I am not. So I, I think just learning as a leader to embrace the fact that I have a very distinct point of view. I have a strong opinion about how things should be done and just trying to manage through that and not apologizing for it. I think so many times as women, we are told we're bossy or we're too much or that we should play by the rules. And, you know, I, I, I know every woman goes through these things, especially if you're ambitious and you really are the type of person who's going to go for it. And I think learning to just be the renegade you are, to not back down and to really, really own that has been so freeing for me. And it's a constant work in progress. But I think just being like, yeah, I don't really like rules. I don't want to be told by some guru how to do things. How can I bring my own unique uh, approach? And how can I teach others? I guess this is so important to me as a person. But how can I teach others to that they get to do it their way too? Because we all started a business so we could do things our way. And I'm not sure why that gets lost so many times. Yeah, you know, that that is... I love that answer. And what brought it to mind was 
a, a couple of times, you know, guests have shared their leadership style and then went on to say they found the team members that fit their leadership style. Because yeah. I have met people who have said, you know, I'll take an idea and run with it. Like I'll execute it. I'll, I'll do the research. Yeah. I'll make sure we can do this, but I'm not going to come up with the ideas. That's not my strength. Yeah. I'm the executor, not the ideas person. So finding those people who complement our strengths makes a huge difference. And it was Sharon Haver, who was a previous guest on my episode. I love the quote she shared at the end. It, she, um, and I can't remember who the quote was from, but it was, if, if the shoe doesn't fit, must we change the foot? Right. I love that. Yeah. You know, this is your team that you're building. You want to find people who fit you, not you that fits the people who you happen to have in front of you. You know, that's what's going to make a business go. Yeah. And I will say this. My business partner is the direct opposite of me. She is details, details, details. And it's the great compliment. And while we are very, very alike and our visions are very similar, it's great that we don't have two of me in this business because we would die. <laughs> it would just be, it would just be too much. Yes. And she's really, she's become really good at making me think things might are my idea. It's kind of masterful. She should teach a class on that. <laughs> that's amazing. And Maggie, that that's a great segue to the next question. It's like you're you're like lobbing these big softballs at me. It's perfect. <laughs> What's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Oh my goodness. So for the last year, um, on a much more formal basis, I was doing this kind of ad hoc before is my business partner, I, Brittany have been mentoring service-based business owners. So coaches and consultants and, you know, women who have businesses that are just kind of at that plateau or stuck and really helping them kind of move through it in a way that's not about doing more work. It's about focusing on the parts of their business that are really important. And because we work in the online market, and I think so many times we're inundated with all these messages about we need this, we need a huge website, we need this. It's like, no, sometimes to be a consultant, all you really need is to just find four or five amazing clients. So how do you actually do that? How do you sell to those clients? How do you book them? And how do you serve them in a way that they can't help but talk about you and recommend you more? And I think, you know, I always call it old school. Like we've just gone back to the basics because I think in so many scenarios, um, we get caught up in all this extra busy work of doing things that we don't need to be doing. And it keeps us stuck and frustrated. And it just really puts a damper on our confidence and holds us back from what we truly could be doing and fulfilling our real purpose. I love that because with you being a marketer, right, it's so easy. And I know in my business, it's so easy to get up into the busy work of marketing, right? Yep. And lose sight of what you call the fundamentals. Like, how, how are your clients doing? Like, what kind of experience are they having? That Those are the fundamentals of your business. All the other stuff will happen. But first and foremost, it's focusing on who you're working with and making sure they're having an amazing experience. Yeah. And I, it's honestly, I think that that is such an, it is for every business is such an untapped thing. It's easy to get so focused on that front end of, you know, how am I building a funnel and how am I acquiring all these leads and forgetting it's a very personal thing and that those extra things you do and investing in that customer experience will ultimately pay back tenfold. I mean, do it because you love your customers and you care about them and you want to nurture them, but it will always pay back because especially online, we are humans doing business with humans. And it's easy to just start thinking of people as a lead or a number, a subscriber on your list. And that's soulless. No one wants to be treated that way. No, they don't. Thank you for saying that. 
And on the <laughs> and on the flip side of things, Maggie, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Probably, I mean, honestly, I think my my biggest one is the inner critic, you know, working through imposter complex. I always this, you know, I'm always evolving. I'm always figuring out okay, this is what's happening now. But that inner critic, man, she is mean. (laughs) (laughs) And in my case, my inner critic says a lot of like, well, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Why should you be the one to do this? And learning how to manage that and more just identify it for what it is and try to practice some kindness with myself. I know if I were talking to a client or a friend, I would tell them, something very different than often what I what goes through my own mind. So I think as as leaders, like knowing that that's just part of the deal, because that only shows up if you actually care about what you're doing. So it's not a sign you're broken or there's anything wrong with you. It's a sign that you're actually really invested in the outcome and you want to do your best work and that it's all it's never going to go away. Like I've been waiting for it to go away. That mean girl is still hanging around. So true. It doesn't show up if you're not doing something important. It's when you're doing something big, new, scary, you know, important Mm -hmm. that she shows up. And I, I'm laughing along with you because my inner critic, man, she's a harpy and she swears. (laughs) She, she's got a foul mouth that one. (laughs) So I know, but when she shows up, right, when I hear that voice in my head and it's screaming at me, I'm like, oh, this is big. This is important. I have to do this. And you know, so much of this, Jody, comes down to the fact that if we give in to the inner critic, we are just like depriving ourselves and the world. Like I hate mm-hmm. to say it, but usually when it's there, it is important and it needs to be said. And it's easier to just shut it down. And there's so many times I think we can look at other people and be like, well, why do they have that? And I don't. It's because they were able to step past it and say, shh. I'm going to go do this. You sit tight. (laughs) You can sit in the back, but you can't drive. Yeah, it's so true. So many people. I think I gained more power when I realized this is just something that happens. It's just something everybody has. It's part of the package of being a human being. I don't have to listen to it. I can acknowledge why it showed up and what's going on and put some more thought and preparation into what I'm doing, but it doesn't, it's not a license to stop. Yeah. And it's funny. I was at an event last week and I was watching different women on stage and just listening to different speakers. And I thought, you know, you know what I've learned from this conference? You're good, Maggie. What are you worrying about? Go do your thing. And I think just understanding that Every single person there is probably going through the same thing as you, every listener of this podcast, just knowing that, you know, this is entirely normal. Yeah. So empowering just to know everyone, everyone's going through this. No big deal. All right, Maggie, now we're heading into the quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I am a prolific planner. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, like, I'm a planning machine, but not to planning to the point of avoiding, but I I work in 12 week sprints. And I'm very um, mindful about making sure that 
when I plan that out, I'm not over planning that I'm able to adjust that plan. And, you know, ensuring on a day-to-day basis that a few different things happen. Number one, that there's um, buffer time in my day for me to manage email and Facebook and stuff, and that that doesn't take over the rest of my day. And making sure I have time to execute on the strategies to back up those goals and not just getting sucked into endless amounts of client work, which is always uh, a threat when you work with clients. It can really take over everything you do. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh, you got this, girl. Go do it. Stop it. (laughs) Like just, oh, so many times we just hold. It's like goes back to what I was just saying. We hold back. And younger Maggie, you got this. Go. You're good. You'll figure it out. You always do. I love it. Now, Maggie, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Okay, so this is a mantra I say every single morning before I get out of bed. I run this day. This day does not run me because otherwise chaos will ensue. (laughs) I love that. That's a mind frame taken on for the day. Yep. It's about me being the boss of the day and not letting my clients or my schedule or anything else derail what I have envisioned for the day. That is a great reminder because I think sometimes when I feel like the day has got away, like I forgot I had a choice in the matter, that it was my day and that I could choose my activities and that that's when the day gets derailed. So that is a great reminder. That's something good to say throughout the day. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, the easiest reframe for this is understanding like this was so powerful for me, understanding the difference between a client request that is urgent and a client request is important. Many times we read everything is urgent. It's like, no, I'm still going to do my workout. I'm still going to do my plan and you're going to go in my block at noon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it'll get done in a timely manner. Exactly. And lastly, Maggie, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? So the best way to find me is over at scoopindustries.com or to listen to our podcast, which we literally just renamed to the Service Business Success Show. Oh, I'll have to update that in your bio. Awesome. And for those of you who are listening, I know you're on the go, you're running, you're in the car, you've got you've got things to do and you're busy women. So you know you can find all the links and resources Maggie shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Maggie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Thank you so much, Jody. Before we say goodbye, I want to give a huge shout out to Millie Welsh at ZebraLab Web Solutions. She does the hosting for the Women Taking the Lead website, as well as the SEO and payment solutions. So if you need help with any of these things, contact Millie at ZebraLabWebSolutions.com. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. 
As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.